saying, Here, here's my life, here's my heart. Uh, speak, speak to me. All we have before all of who God is. It's also about the best prayer we could pray uh, before hearing God's word. Um, but I will offer a, another prayer as we hear God's word this morning. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that uh, it would take root there, that it would transform us and grow us, that we might bear fruit for you. We pray this in your son's name and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our um, scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, uh, from the 12th chapter, beginning in the 38th verse. I invite you to, to follow along on the, on the screen and, and listen Uh, Listen carefully for God's word. Jesus is in the temple. As he was teaching, he said, watch out for the legal experts. They like to walk around in long robes. They want to be greeted with honor in the markets. They long for places of honor in the synagogues and at banquets. They are the ones who cheat widows out of their homes. And to show off, they say long prayers. They will be judged most harshly. Jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money. Many rich people were throwing in lots of money. One poor widow came forward and put in two small copper coins worth a penny. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone else who's been putting in money in the treasury. All of them are giving out of their spare change, but she from her hopeless poverty has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this little story of the widow's might, right in the middle of Mark's gospel, packs a mighty punch. Really, nothing. Didn't get anything from that. All right. See what I did there? Might, mighty. Uh, that was that was like a dad joke, which of, which, uh, which of course uh, don't don't get funny until they're fully grown. In all serious uh, in all seriousness, uh, there's a there's a lot in here in this little story about being all in, but it may not be what we think at first, and that's what happened to me this week when I was studying this passage. That's the confession I make this morning. This story really messed with me this week, really messed with me, and it messed with me because I thought I always knew what it meant. It's simply a a story as praising this, this poor woman's sacrifice, lifting her up as an example of how we're supposed to give more than we can spare, how perfect, right, in the middle of a uh, a sermon series and a generosity campaign entitled All In, right, hold this woman up and say, look how she is all in. God really complicated things for me. And so this morning, I'm going to do something that uh, would make my preaching uh, professors in divinity school all cringe. I'm basically going to preach three sermons in one uh, this morning and, um, and see what the Holy Spirit impresses upon your heart and my heart. Because I still can't kind of uh, re- resolve things in my own heart and mind around, around this story. And so maybe I need to hear... Uh, Three different messages to help me understand what, uh, what it looks like for me to be more fully all in with God. So sermon number one, 
It's better to give than to receive. It's hard not to see the connection between the way that Jesus describes the legal experts who would wear the long robes and, and want to be greeted with honor in the marketplaces and want the seats of highest honor at the banquets with the way that Jesus describes the rich people dropping in loads of money in the temple treasury. And in my mind's eye, I can just see this performance going on, you know, walking up very majestically, slowly dropping in uh, the, 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 the coins so that everybody can hear how much exactly is going in there. Um, you know, making sure and taking extra care to be dramatic so that they receive attention and respect and honor. It's a, an outward show that rather conveniently masks what's actually going on in the heart. Because it turns out that these legal experts putting on that outwardly religious show are the same ones taking advantage of widows. Turns out these rich people putting in loads of money in the treasury, according to Jesus, probably won't feel a thing because it's not actually making a dent whatsoever in their treasure, in their life, and in their hearts. And so in both cases, they can't really be all in with God because they are living as if it is better to receive than it is to give. Now we've all heard that expression our entire life, right? It's better to give than to receive. And we want to believe it's true, and we try to behave like it's true, but often we sure find it easier to receive than to give. If not material goods, then other people's approval and attention and praise. But, but being all in with God looks a lot more like the poor widow who literally gave everything that she had because she loved God and trusted God with her life. Not because she wanted to receive anything. When someone truly lives like it is better to give than it is to receive, then the giving is usually more than can be spared. Giving is for the sake of giving and not for what one expects to receive or get out of it. It reminds me of the story of the gift of the Magi, that classic short story by, by O. Henry. And if you remember the story, a young husband and wife without much money want to give each other special gifts for Christmas. And the husband sells his prized pocket watch uh, to get enough money to buy his wife a nice comb or brush for her, her beautiful br flowing brown hair. The wife at the same time cuts her beautiful flowing brown hair and sells it to be able to get money to buy a nice gold chain for her husband's prized pocket watch. The gifts that they ended up receiving from one another were both, of course, worthless and priceless at the same time. Because in the end, it was not about the receiving of the gift, but the giving that made all the difference. Like that story, like the widow, being all in with God. All in with God means recognizing that it's better to give than to receive. It means giving for the sake of giving. I mean, what is, what is discipleship if it is not a willingness to, to give everything, every part of our life over to Jesus Christ? Unless a lot of what I just said is wrong. 
because something in me doesn't want this woman, this widow, unnamed, to be reduced to a moral or used for the sake of a generosity campaign. Jesus, after all, just said that widows like her were being used and exploited by church leaders already. Church leaders just like me. Which leads to sermon number two. All in for people. All in for people. It's also hard not to see the fact that right after Jesus has just criticized legal experts, experts in the Jewish law, right after he's just criticized them for devouring widows' houses, he comments on a widow who has just put in all she had to live on in the temple treasury. Someone who may have just been cheated out of her home is giving all she had to live on to the very institution that supported the people who just cheated her out of her home. That sounds a little messed up, doesn't it? And hardly a coincidence, I mean, are we really supposed to think that the widow Jesus observes putting money in the treasury is not one of the widows who he's just talked about that officials in the temple are taking advantage of? What if Jesus is not as much commending the woman and lifting her up as an example, but condemning a system and an institution that is not about being all in for its people? Not being all in for its people. In other words, what if Jesus is actually lamenting a system that results in a poor widow feeling like she had to give all she had to live on so that religious leaders may continue to live lives of comfort? A system that no longer protects the widow and the orphan and the poor and the vulnerable, but lives off of them instead. Just a, f- just a chapter earlier, Jesus has gone into the same temple to overturn the tables for similar reasons. Because money changers there were taking advantage of poor people doing their religious duty because they needed to buy doves and grain to make sacrifices in the temple. So we have to remember in the back of our mind that Jewish scripture and tradition is chock full of provisions and protections and care for the most vulnerable of society, including widows and orphans. You shall not treat any, you shall not ill treat any widow or orphan. If you do mistreat them, I will heed their cry as soon as they cry out to me, God says. Uphold the rights of the orphan. Defend the cause of the widow. Again, when you're harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, don't go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you and the work of your hands. That and more. And in Jesus' day, often the responsibility of, of temple officials was to be a trustee for widows' estates. In other words, it's supposed to be about being all in with and for the people of your community under your care. And somewhere along the way, that being all in for people just like this widow has gotten lost. And the very temple that's supposed to be the center of care and support of its people has become a center of preying on its own people's devotion. If this poor widow who enters the temple, gives everything she has to live on and leaves poor while the institution of the temple flourishes and the temple officials go home well paid, then that whole system's a sham. 
She's become the victim of an institution that was supposed to help her. And the treasury of the temple should be, should be helping her, not taking every last penny from her. If leaders, if leaders were really all in with God, they would have been all in with her and for her. They would not have let her give all that she had. They would have worked to ensure that she wasn't this poor in the first place. In other words, we can't be all in with God if we aren't willing to be all in with and for each other, especially those in our midst who need help the most at any given time. Can't be all in with God if we're not all in with each other, with people. With Jesus' own brother, James, after all, who wrote real religion, in other words, being all in with God, real religion is caring for widows and orphans. I think about our image for the sermon series, right, of a, of a huddle and, and with, one, one, with hands stacked on, on top of, of the other. And there's something deeply theological about that image. You're, you're holding up someone else's hand, and someone else is holding up your hand, and on and on it goes in this mutual system of support, holding one another up. That's all in. That's what's supposed to be about. And the widow, the story of the widow's might shows us the kind of, of all in that isn't there but should be there for people just like this widow. A kind of all in that's supposed to mark us. Unless that misses how the widow herself points to Jesus' own passion. Sermon number three, the widow points to Jesus. As, as I was reading the story of, of, the, the, of the widow uh, this week, I was reminded of a scripture we talked about probably just a, a month or so ago, from Philippians 2, where Paul writes this beautiful hymn about Jesus Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, his status with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a human, becoming a, a servant, being obedient to the point of death on a cross. And it called to mind that, that scripture. This woman, in the face of the injustice she experienced, she still emptied herself. She emptied herself. When it says she put in everything she had to live on, that means like she literally put her life. She put her life in there. She gave everything she had, like literally all, all in. From the standpoint, from that standpoint, her might was mighty, but not by the world's standards. Her might was mighty but not by the world's standards, a might greater than power, a might greater than the grandest buildings or, or armies, a might greater than the most splendid displays of the rich or the scribes. The widow's might is God's might in Jesus Christ. The widow's might is God's might in Jesus Christ. A might known in love, in faithfulness, in humility, in giving and in grace and not in pomp and in fanfare, lavishness. In the face of great injustice, Jesus Christ gave 
every last bit of himself on the cross. Out of his poverty, Jesus gave everything that he had. And that's just how God is. That's just how God is. God knows nothing else than to give God's whole life for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God has shown that time and time and time again to God's people. This is the essence of God, a God who gives God's whole self. And in this unnamed widow, we see a picture of God doing it again. And on the cross, God, God will do it completely. God in Jesus Christ will be all in just like this widow, her life mirroring his life. The widow gave everything she had to serve a world so broken. And days, maybe, maybe a week later, Jesus gave everything he had to redeem, to restore, to renew that same broken world. It wasn't with great fanfare, just great, great love. How can we not be, be all in with a God that doesn't know anything else than to be all in for us? A widow's might, a mighty story. That's all I know for sure. I mean, one, one penny would not eliminate the temple deficit, wouldn't pay a salary, wouldn't buy fuel for the lamps. Her offering made no difference to anybody. The temple would be just fine without it. No one would miss her sacrifice. No, no one would care if she kept the money except for Jesus. But Jesus notices her and and what she does and where she does it. And it's obviously important enough for him to leverage it as a teaching moment for his disciples and for us. For us to, to learn something. The question is, what? We might, we might applaud the widow. Leverage her for our generosity campaign. Noting how she gives just for the sake of giving. And how, how that all in with God means knowing that it is better to give than to receive. Maybe that's what we need to hear. Or maybe we weep at the broken system that she's caught in and lament the temple and temple leaders that should be all in with and for her, but they weren't. Recognizing that for us, being all in with God necessarily means we have to be all in with and for one another. Or maybe we need to see in her a picture of the very nature of Jesus Christ, who only knew how to give his whole self away. So our all-in is a response to Jesus never, hold any, never holding anything back for us. Whatever the case, friends, may the Holy Spirit impress upon our hearts exactly what we need to hear, exactly what it means to be all-in, and may it be what what you and, and I need to hear so that we can live it out. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Um.